Hey everyone, this is Bree and I'm here with Len Metcalf and this is a creative affair. Hey Len, how you doing? I'm really well, Bree. How are you? Good. I just released another podcast. <laughs> Feels a little crazy. <laughs> oh, a wild woman at heart, aren't you? Yes. And he's saying that everyone because it's called Wild Women in Photography. So if you're a photographer, go listen. I'll put a link in the notes, in the episode notes. Just a little shameless self-promotion there. <laughs> Congratulations, Bree. It's a wonderful thing to be doing. And it's, uh, I can't wait to hear all the, the wonderful stories that you have with all of these uh, uh, wonderful women out creating um, beautiful photography. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to listening to all the episodes. It's going to be really fun. I mean, I already have some episodes recorded. I just need to release them now. So yeah. So episode one is released. It's just me doing a solo episode. So if you can handle more of my voice. <laughs> Actually, I tell a couple of stories, like some experiences that were formative for me. Um, and the kind of the basis for my podcast is about emotions, which we're going to talk about today. So I thought that would be fun. Yes. Today's topic is how to tune in or tuning into your creative emotions, isn't it? Yeah, because we all have them. I mean, like either the act of creating causes emotions or we have emotions and it causes us to make things and or all of it all at once. You know, there's a lot of emotions in making art and doing what we do. There is indeed. And I was, I'm, I'm wondering uh, about the difference between uh, intellectual thoughts and emotions, because uh, often it's our intellect that drives uh, making a photograph and we actually go, I am going to take a photograph of that tree. And it's actually a quite a clear directive thought as opposed to an emotional response to I want to go and explore photographing that tree or making art from that tree. Uh, it's quite a difference there, isn't there? Yeah, a little bit. But what I understand, and I'm, I'm still... Um, Maybe you can explain more in a minute, but what I understand from my training as a coach is that anything that we think up, like any thoughts that we have in our brains actually cause, like cause us to have emotions. So if we think, I think it's actually more complex than just, I want to photograph a tree. There's something about the tree that's, or maybe this is what you're saying. <laughs> You have a fun look on your face right now. <laughs> oh, no, I'm still processing this idea that every thought has an emotion. I think that's really beautiful. And I think every emotion has probably, it triggers a thought. And that's why the two interact. Ah, uh, well, let me explain a little bit more. Let me, I'll just give a quick rundown. Every thought that we have, whether you believe this or not, like I believe this to be true. And I've seen this in like in practice. Uh, so, and I do this a lot with my clients because it's so powerful for understanding how our brains work and how we, um, the things that we do and how we just, you know, all the, all the, all the parts of our lives, it's, it's, it helps us understand so much of it on a conscious level. So everything that we think, 
creates an emotion and those emotions fuel our actions. Now, actions are anything we do or don't do, like stuff we're avoiding, right? Or uh, anything next that we think. And then if we think something next, then what? We could have an emotion from it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, uh, it's it's kind of like cyclical. So if I see a tree that interests me, I think, oh, I like that tree. And then I haven't some, I haven't named the emotion, but then I think, oh, I want to photograph that tree, right? Like there's a desire there. And that desire will probably drive me to pull out my camera. I'll have to decide which one I pull out, which lens I put on, you know, all of those things. And so there's, there's real like emotion behind a lot of the stuff that we do. Yeah. That's kind of where I live as, you know, in my coaching world. That's fascinating. My understanding has, always developed around uh, left brain, right brain thinking. And for some reason, mm-hmm. when I think of these two things, I always come back to to that sort of concept. And I know a lot of psychologists and researchers will say that's a load of bullshit, but there's a huge amount of research that says that our two brains do act quite independently. And a really good description talks about a, um, a chook or, a, you know, a, a uh, a hen, one of their brains, it's specifically designed for fine motor skills and can go and pick up a, a grain of seed and uh, it's very, very accurate and, and goes down and does one specific thing. And the other brain actually scans for danger and watches and feels danger. Now, uh, this is where the thinking and the feeling comes in is that the uh, da- the when it notices a dangerous response uh, to communicate with the the rest of the body and also to act, and this is interesting because you said this too, the emotion actually causes the action and then your brain catches up like the bit that's doing the, I'm picking up the grain of seed, isn't necessarily noticing what is causing that emotional response because it's in the other brain. And uh, it's a feeling and it actually triggers something to happen. So that's how I actually understand the two of them. And uh, of course, one can't happen without the other and one has to play catch up with the other. And uh, uh, because the feeling one is so illogical, (laughs) is that the way to put it? Totally. Sometimes it (laughs) is, right? Totally illogical. It scares us and we don't understand it and we often shut it away. And, you know, tuning into it is actually a, a, a fantastic practice to, to, to become more aware of it and listening to it. Len, I have a question for you. Yes. What emotions do you put away? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll tell you I'm... <laughs> Which ones? Oh, I don't intentionally put any away, but I'm sure that um, my body mm-hmm. and my subconscious, it definitely puts emotions away. Um, I have, um, I'm quite, I, I get quite ill with IBS and stomach problems and lower back problems. I'm convinced that, that they're traumatic responses and that um, a lot of the emotions in my stomach are actually caused through um, traumas throughout my whole life. So uh, I don't, I'm still trying to unpack those and, and address them. They're not ones that I consciously put away, but somewhere my body did hide them and you suffer from them. 
Interesting. I think that, I think that's true. Yeah. That, that rings true for me. I mean, like not, maybe I'm still trying to figure out my own, you know, but our bodies do store emotions and our bodies are very interesting, like organisms, you know, uh, there are emotions that I like to avoid because they feel really ugly. So like, and, and if I can relate this to creativity, like disappointment, like I will avoid doing things sometimes, maybe not so much now that I'm more conscious of it, but I will, I have before avoided doing things or creating things because I don't want to feel disappointment because disappointment feels super ugly. I've got an example of that if you like. Uh, yeah. You put up an exhibition and you prepare it all and then you stop when it comes to telling everyone because you're worried about what their response is going to be to seeing it. That's a disappointment one, isn't it? I have that going <laughs> right now. I have my podcast all ready to go and I'm like, do I tell people? Like it's all ready. <laughs> I'm ready to push the button. This is published. <laughs> And I'm literally like, if I publish it, I still cannot tell people about it. So do I tell people about it? Right. Because there's, it sometimes feels like uh, there's a lot, you know, it can kind of feel heavy. Like, what are people going to think? What do I expect? You know, am I going to get the response that I want from it? You know what I mean? Versus like, and truly, I'm also feeling really excited about it. So, so that's actually the the emotion that overtook everything. I was excited about it. I had planned it. I knew that some of this would come up, that I would be a little afraid to kind of push the button and make it go. And I was like, it's going to be fine. We've done things like this before. Just write it out. Tell everybody you know. (laughs) Breathe. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of deep breathing, which is how, which is actually like when we talk about tuning into our emotions and there are some emotions that like for me, a lot of my, I'm touching it right now, which is why you hear me moving, but um, I'll have a lot of emotions kind of get stuck in my shoulders, like my shoulder blade area and my back and my neck. And that's how kind of I know that I'm stressed or there's something in there that feels kind of negative or heavy. And if, as if I can breathe, I have some breathing exercises that I can do. It kind of releases that so I can actually think more clearly. So if I can actually tune in, like locate and pay attention and locate where, like what the emotion is, like where it at, where it is in my body and what, and then call it a name, what is it? Then I can start using it uh, or figuring out what to do with it. And I think um, maybe that's what kind of we're talking about here is how do we tune into those emotions uh, when we're making art or whatever? And um, well, how do we do that? Len, you had some other ideas. How do you do well, that? I, before we move on to those, I was interested in what you were saying because those, you know, fear, disappointment emotions that we were just talking about came from thoughts mm-hmm. and the thoughts were what if. Mm-hmm. So you were creating these scenarios in your mind and um, we, I do this too. So we create these scenarios about a failure or negative critique or uh, disappointment or it doesn't live up to our imagination And then from there, we actually get this feeling of disappointment, don't we? Yes. Of um, fear and worry and uh, anxiety and anxiousness. And then 
you know, as you're saying, it builds up in your shoulders or for me, it builds up in my stomach and um, in my back. So the f- these feelings are coming from thoughts. The feeling just doesn't arise out of nowhere, does it? It comes from these thinking things in this particular instance. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we have these, like, we play out these, like, what if scenarios, you know, I actually like to, like, if I catch myself doing this, I actually like to then answer the question because our brains will throw out like these questions. What if X, Y, Z or Z in your case? (laughs) And I like to just answer it. Okay. Well, what if, what would happen? What would actually happen? And the worst case scenario is never like this will happen or that will happen. It will always be, I will feel failure or I will um, be disappointed. It will always be actually the worst case scenario is actually always like experiencing an emotion, which is super interesting to me. So emotions play a huge part in our lives and especially in our creative lives. I was listening only recently to to our friend Huberman there and he was talking about dopamine. And uh, the interesting thing about it, and this was in particular with shopping or something like that, that the actual hit um, of the feelings that come from the release of it is bigger beforehand than the actual object itself. And uh, this has a great relevance to what we're talking about now because this this negative conversation that's going on in our mind and you're talking about, well, I'm going to turn it into a positive one by reframing the answer and actually answering this negative question, what if, into um, being positive. This is the moment that the the negative emotions really surface and the actual real ones that happen after, at the time uh, are quite smaller and insignificant in reality than the ones that we imagine in before it actually happens. So, yes. so much actually happens in our mind that isn't based on reality. It's a projection of what we think or imagine could happen. Exactly. We do this so much. <laughs> And then, and a lot of, um, what's interesting, I think is a lot of emotions come from, uh, what we believe about ourselves too. So if you believe, um, if, uh, if you believe you are, I don't know, let's like an artist, then you'll act one way. You'll feel a certain way. You'll act one way. If you, if you say, um, I believe I'm capable or I'm not capable of doing such and such, then you feel probably inadequate and then you don't do it. So we have these like threads of belief too running through how we are in the world too and or how we create. And so beliefs actually are thoughts that we just think over and over and over again until we believe that they're true, like so true that we just can't let them go. So sometimes when we think that something is like a truth, it's actually probably just something we've thought up over and over and over again, or like, you know, could be something we've catastrophized. And so we've made up a belief to go with it. It's just uh, this work is super interesting. But if we understand that everything that we feel comes from a thinking, then we can kind of start to to take it apart and become really aware. And so this is why I think this topic is so fun because tuning into our emotions really, really makes us, hang on a second, tuning into our emotions 
is actually becoming conscious of how we're feeling and what it feels like in our body. And then why are we feeling it? And then how do we use that? And then we, what do we do with it next? Mm. So maybe let's talk about that. I had that on my notes actually, Brie, that when my mind is full of thoughts, I use, um, unfortunately, that becomes a a way of blocking out emotions. Mm. Yeah, same. Uh, And then the emotion follows all of those thoughts across and then I'm missing out on the ones that I'm really wanting to have, which are around creativity and following and, and feeling where I should be heading with the work and where the art should be leading me or the subject should be leading me. The two are so, so, so linked together. I was, um, I've been reading a lot lately and I, I read a, a beautiful book called Deviate and it's by Bo Lotto. And I re- highly recommend this for artists to to read. It's an incredible, um, interesting book. And it's he, he comes at things from a visual perception concept or construct about how we see the world. And uh, this reinforces what you were saying, that the whole world is something that we imagine based on our assumptions of everything. Yes. So... We are actually putting a filter and assuming absolutely everything from our experiences and hence our belief. And it, it also ties in with the biology of belief and that side as well. There's, there's so many scientific things pointing to this, this concept that we are what we think we are rather than, you know, we think the world's really concrete. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we even when we take a step as we're walking along, we're making the assumption that the ground's going to be solid under our feet because we've done it thousands of times and it was solid last time we did it and it always has been. But there's still all of these assumptions that make up who we are and what we think we are. And uh, if we can reframe these and change them and face them, we can then unfold that and recreate a, a better version of ourselves and also being more able to create beautiful art. And this is what, you know, that's the bit that excites us, isn't it, is how do we reframe these things and how do we find out to them to make better art? Yeah. So what emotions have been helpful for you in creating your art? I want to answer that first by thinking about and exploring uh, how the these feelings actually come across. And I sometimes struggle with the words to describe feelings. True. Yeah. And I didn't realize for a very long time that they start in my body. And you were before talking about your shoulders and I was talking about my stomach. I've had... um I've had a, a terrible experience in my youth as a, uh, you know, in my early 20s, I was the owner of a, a large business. We were taking kids out into the bush, running adventure activities and, you know, bushwalking and climbing and teaching environmental things and all these wonderful things. And I was actually, uh, as the owners, going around meeting everyone and watching things. And uh, there was this exercise going on. And I had this incredible 
drop in my stomach, almost to the point of wanting to throw up. Like it was this uh, incredible feeling of being sick to the stomach. And it's the only way to describe it, feeling sick to the stomach. And um, I immediately jumped in and I started trying to change things because uh, I felt that there was going to be an accident and um, there was and it was quite a horrific accident and I didn't, I still missed it, but I had that feeling in my stomach and uh, it was such a, a, a major accident that I actually left the business in the end because it became the trigger like I don't really want to be responsible for other people's lives and luckily the person in this case, and the incident wasn't very big. It just felt very big. <laughs> like mm. So the person got out of it without any major injuries at all. But uh, I felt guilty because I had this stomach, feeling sick to the stomach before it happened, which tells me that I, I knew there was something wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it and I couldn't work it out and I could feel this this things weren't just quite right. That's a feeling. And it, it arose from my body first. And then I had to slowly unpack what it actually means. I feel like that is like intuition. And it. I feel like it comes from inner bodies. And oh, I've, maybe we should do a whole episode on intuition. <laughs> Did we do one? I can't remember. Um, and of course we feel like intuition in our bodies. I mean, nothing's happened yet. Right. Like, and, and you, you like felt some intuition you were like, I think something's going to go wrong and I have to do it very quickly. Right. So that caused you the next actions. Um, and yeah, intuition's very interesting. Is that Momo? Yeah. Momo's having a bark there. And it's <laughs> the same as the, the chook and the, the, you know, the scanning for fear mm-hmm. or for danger. And it reacts quicker through your body by giving you an emotional response, a a pain or a a feeling in your body, and then you actually start acting and moving and doing something before your brain has a chance to actually catch up with it. It's your body saying, hey, there's something wrong, Get, get going before your mind catches up with it. And uh, intuition, uh, I had to look this up because I thought intuition was this magical, mystical thing. But, it, you know, intuition is the the access of all of the knowledge that you have um, subconsciously. It's really that simple, isn't it? Yeah, and it feels like magic because... It feels like magic. <laughs> because our brains are so amazing and magical that it, they can, in not even a split second. Like we can't, like I couldn't even like measure, you know, in an immeasurable amount of time, it accesses so much information and then feeds it to us. So, but there's, I think that's what the magic is, right? So, and and we feel that. So mm. are you going to answer my question? So to tuning, what was your question again? How to tune into them? <laughs> No, it was what emotions are helpful for you in creating. And then I think we can, I'll talk about mine. We can talk about how we tune into them. So the ones that I use are uh, an attraction to beauty. So I think there's enough scary, nasty things in the world. I have no interest in pursuing negative um, responses to the world. I'm interested in the positive 
encouraging and hopeful response. And that's just who I am as a person. And yes, I do get caught up on negative things, but I, tr- I try not to pursue that in my artwork. So uh, maybe that's a little bit of lust if I'm I'm in there. It's a maybe it's a little bit of love. It's a little bit of it's a it's an attraction. Like yeah. it's a it's a it's a pulling towards like oh, and it's just, it's the same feeling as for a person or you know my beautiful dog Momo. Or holding up a leaf, there's this, like, there's this incredible, relaxing, gorgeous feeling of beauty in mm. things. And uh, when that, that's the one that I pursue, and uh, I pursue it in making the artwork as well. And that drives me as I'm making the artwork to make something that gives me that same feeling as when I hold up a beautiful flower or a leaf or I see a gorgeous koala in a tree or something that's absolutely awe-inspiring and fills me with feelings of beauty. Now, I'm really struggling with words <laughs> to describe these particular feelings. And, well, isn't, um, it, isn't it interesting though? Because feelings are like the words are kind of subservient to experiencing in our bodies, actual emotions. And so I think that's what makes it difficult. However, I have found that when we can talk about them and explain them and really understand what we're feeling more often, we can then use them to, or we can identify them quicker so that we can shift if we need to, or when we identify one that we want to feel, we can do it on purpose so that, you know, we we figure out how we got there. And so that's why it's really fun to talk about this because, you know, you're probably experiencing all the emotion when you're talking about it. I mean, tell me, Lynn. Were you oh, definitely like, am. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was, and personally listening, I was like, oh, I feel all of your desire that you have for all things beautiful. And, um, and that's really lovely. And that came across with your words. So, you know, words are sometimes they, they don't all the totally work. However, we have similar, we all have similar experiences, so we can kind of relate, you know, what's Mm. another one that's helpful for you? I have, um, I love touching things. Is that an emotion? (laughs) Well, when I, when it's beautiful, (laughs) I get this feeling from the touch. And of course I love touching people and, and, you know, people I love and my dog, he's got really nice soft fur on the top of his head. And um, a lot of plants and animals have this feeling that I actually want to have physical contact with. Like we talked many times about me hugging trees. I touched trees. I touched, um, I, I petted redwoods last week. Flowers, I want to touch them. And you know, when you have, here's another example. I, I reach into my cupboard to choose a shirt to wear. If I'm being in tune with myself, I reach in and I actually feel the material and I choose based on the feeling like, oh, I really want to wear this today. But other days Mm. it's like, oh, I want to wear purple because I'm feeling purple today. And it's a much more intellectual sort of how do I'm going to look sort of thing going on. And then other times it's like this, oh, 
I want to have something that's really beautiful and soft and and uh, lovely against my skin. And so, like that's a feeling, isn't it? Like the 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 sensation is touch, but the sensation that it creates, the, it creates a set of feelings. And it's those feelings that I want to pursue, the ones that are um, are comforting. This oh. this this beauty that I'm chasing is a comforting loving, happy, beautiful place that I actually want to be in all the time. So by creating art I'm, and uh, pursuing these emotions that I love, I'm pursuing the ones that I want to be, not the ones I don't want to be. The, you know, I don't want to be the angry one. I don't want to be the negative one. I want to be the one that is relaxed and comfortable and warm and loving and gorgeous and beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, soft to touch, gentle. I got it. Good. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to tell you what the feeling is. Yes. Yo, just described so many wonderful things. It's also connection. And I see this from you, like you want to touch the thing that's beautiful so you can have the connection. Mm-hmm. Because you feeling the shirt on your body or you're touching the thing which gives you a greater connection, like you want to feel connected to it. And I also think this goes along with like you have um, you have this new artist club, which helps other people become connected and you become connected to other people. So you use that as a way to um, to go maybe deeper. I don't this is I'm just guessing. You use this connection if you're touching something to go deeper into what your subject is and how you want to photograph it, like how you want to make art from it. Yes. Yes. And also in in my teaching, because that's about connection as well. And um, uh, it's, you know, it's not about touching people physically. It's about connecting with them emotionally. It's about helping them connect with their art and uh, finding that beautiful space for them in a supportive and, and caring environment so that they can trust it and follow it. They're all, yeah, they're tied in beautifully together. And so much of it is because our brains, <laughs> this uh, logical voices in our heads, this left brain side of us is is uh, putting all these fears into our minds about what if, what could go wrong, this is this isn't right, this is not good enough, I'm not good enough, creating all these negative scenarios that are actually blocking us to Mm -hmm. get to these beautiful places. And really this is a battle between two two very essential parts of ourselves and that's where I really love this left brain, right brain because it says it's not magic, it's actually this is us who we are and it's living within within us and learning to wrestle between the two of them and uh, allowing the allowing the intuitive feeling one to blossom. That's yeah. the game, isn't it? I'm going to push you aside and I'm going to learn <laughs> to tame you so that I can really concentrate on feeling and um, being in this really beautiful place of creativity and art production and making making beautiful things. I wonder too, if, um, if it's not so much of a wrestle as it is figuring out how to 
help our right and left brain collaborate with each other. I love that. (laughs) That's kind of where I am like, because I want to sometimes have the logical part that kind of tells me what to do, but sometimes I just want to go with my feelings. Like, okay, I went into, when I was in Northern California, I'm still, I'm on a road trip. I'm still on my road trip. I've been gone five weeks now. So (laughs) it's kind of crazy. But when I was in Northern California, I saw an art shop. And I think sometimes when we have these emotions, we can then, and, and we feel like it's safe, we can give into them. We can just impulsively follow where they lead us to because, you know, emotions cause us, you know, fuel all of our actions. So I saw this art shop and I thought I would love to go in there. And so I just did. Right. And so I had like had this desire to go in and I did. And I went in and I touched a bunch of things. I touched all the paintbrushes. You know, I just looked around, I touched the paper and I actually saw this and I thought if I see something, okay, so my mom gave me spending money. I don't know if I, I don't know if I mentioned this on another podcast. (laughs) No, she, so hang on a second. She gave me spending money when I left the first time when I went to go, I, I went to go visit my husband out East. And anyway, I've traveled doing weird things on this trip. But anyway, my mother gave me spending money. And when I left again, she's like, how about I give you spending money? And I'm like, I will take it. So, so. $40 later, she's like, this is all I have. And I'm like, that's great. That would buy me a lunch and some art. So anyway, so I just kind of held on to it. And I thought this is the time I want to use my spending money, right? Because it feels like kind of frivolous and fun. And I forget the lunch. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Forget the lunch, just all art. But I saw this beautiful rack of, hang on, I have the box right here. Hang on, I'll tell you what they are. They are, wait, I'm losing my... Neo color. Um, gosh, why don't I have my reading glasses? Anyway, they are these like watercolor, um, kind of crayons and they're really gorgeous. They're kind of have a nice weight to them. And I have a whole, I was like, okay, I can buy this many. And I picked out a bunch that just felt right. It was, this was such a fun exercise in just following my emotions. And I had no idea I was going to talk about this here, but And then I also, I was like, well, how am I going to, where am I going to use these? And they had at the register, they had, look at this, Len, the teeniest, tiniest pad of paper you've ever seen. Oh, Stonehenge. Oh, I love that paper. Right. But isn't it so like, it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. And then, you know, I went to the beach and I'm doing stuff like this. I'm just drawing. That's gorgeous. And then I go out to the water and I, I get water and I, you know, play with it. I mean, like. This was such for me, like, like you talked about before, just kind of following and experimenting. This was such for like, really for me, uh, an exercise in just following my emotions. Like, okay, I I should do that. Maybe I should, maybe I should combine colors. Let's do that. And so what emotions are there? Hang on. Um, Well, you had a big love heart there in your painting. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, it goes along with the tattoo. No one knows I got this, but it goes along with the tattoo I got. I got a teeny tiny (laughs) tattoo. My mother doesn't know. I did not use her spending money on this. (laughs) So anyway, but I've been paying attention to feeling more love in my life lately, which feels really great because love is such an all-encompassing, a powerful emotion. So I've been really like, that's something I want to pay attention to. But I think for this exercise, I wanted to feel playful. 
And I just mm-hmm. allowed myself to like roll with the playfulness. And I didn't, I didn't have anything like, I didn't allow my brain to like stop me. Well, what if I pick the wrong color? I mean, there's no such thing, right? So, um, and oh, look, wait, I used as a paintbrush feathers Ooh, that I found on the beach. <laughs> wow. That's great. Isn't that fun? It has a, it has a brush side and it has a, what would you call that? Uh, a nib or point. Yeah. Something like that. I, I, yes. You're you, you, I, I must teach you how to cut it into a nib. You just need a knife and you um, slice it into what looks like a fountain pen and a little slot and you can actually draw and directly from a feather that way. And they're beautiful to draw with a feather from a real nib. I just use them to dip in water and make the watercolors come alive mm. without there being too much water. Anyway, it's such a fun little experiment. So yeah. I want to come, you know how I said it was a fight between these two? Yeah. This is, I think, for um, people that really struggle, mm-hmm. it's a fight. Mm-hmm. And as we progress along, we learn that it's actually a dance. Yes. That, that these two are lovers and uh, they get on really beautifully together and that they can help and support each other. You know, the the idea that maybe comes from one and the feeling that comes from the other and as they tie together, this is the more they tie together, the easier it is for us to get into that beautiful flow state of making art and it, it's a dance of love and support. It's a dance of um, encouraging and exploring and wonderment and uh, all these beautiful emotions and thoughts tied together. It's not one's winning. No. And, you know, when we talk about a fight, you know, it's like one's trying to win and take control. And that's what blocks me up is when I get too stuck up in my mind or I get too stuck up in my emotions as well, which also happens. One of the things that like I used to think, oh, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with my brain or my emotions. Like I, I really used to think this a lot and it comes back every once in a while. And one of the little tricks, tools that I, or one of the things I recognize now is that it happens when I don't want to feel something that feels really negative or I've, or I have made a judgment about an emotion like a disappointment, fear, whatever, failure, um, that it's bad. And when I can pull back and kind of go, well, yeah, sometimes I feel disappointment. You know, it's, it's when I allow myself to kind of wallow in it, which I do sometimes. <laughs> I do cry. That's and, a good well, thing, Bray. Yeah, it is. Like you have to process through them. But when- yeah, You've got to feel it before you, you can, you just can't push it aside, can you? And Because that, that causes the problems. Yes. And this is something huge that I do teach my clients is you have to be able to be willing to experience them. And it's okay if they feel negative, but it's like, of course I feel this way because I'm thinking this way. Anyway, there's, there's kind of a lot to it, but we do have to experience them to move on to something else. And it feels so counterintuitive, truthfully. Like it feels, I, who wants to feel shame or sadness or yeah or grief yes loss yeah disappointment yeah all of those right like who wants to really feel them but when you can understand that it's part of the process and that if you uh you know sometimes things like grief 
you're just going to feel, right? And so allowing yourself to be a human and experience them and then giving yourself space to then open yourself up to the new emotions is also great. But it is tricky to be like, oh, I welcome feeling shame (laughs) or all of those things that feel terrible in our bodies, right? Like it is kind of a weird thing to think that we're welcoming it so that because we're humans, so that we can move on to something Mm. different and that feels better. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of an odd thing, but you do have to do it. And as you do it and you practice, have you felt this, Len? As you do that and you experience it, it will, it'll move through you faster. Uh, I've only, I'm only really just learning this and um, in the last few years where Instead of shutting it away, instead of ignoring it, actually, you know, curling up, I, I curl up in the bed into a, a bit of a fetal position and-, and uh, I eat ice cream. <laughs> but actually feeling it has got me through the, the things that are causing it quicker than putting mm-hmm. it aside because it, they just turn up again. Because you, if you don't feel them- you shut them away. And, you know, as a male, I get told, well, as a kid, we got told, you know, big boys don't cry. And so you, you've you been taught not to express some of these um, emotions. And so it becomes a habit. Uh, I remember one of my friends passed away when I was a young man and I didn't grieve for about five years. And then one day I was telling a friend about this person and I suddenly broke down into these huge sobbing tears for hours of missing this person mm. and I'd shut that away by ignoring it and um, there'd been all those thoughts going on. So if I'd grieved properly at the time, I don't think I would have shut it away like that and uh, mm. wouldn't have come back at that that particular moment. So, yeah, it's been a quite a, an interesting realisation that when I feel sad is to actually go with it. Well, if I feel like crying, to have a cry. And to actually go, well, what's causing it? And actually allow those feelings to to be in your body as a way. And then once you do that, you like a good cry, it's a cleansing thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. For me, it <laughs> and is. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, you know, I thought that it happens that quickly. But it's like the poison came out of your body in actual tears or something. I think it's a body's way of releasing that, you know, quicker. Especially like if you feel like if I feel overwhelmed and I cry, I can move on quicker. I just let yeah. I just let myself cry. So feeling it, actually feeling something is a way of processing. Yeah. And allowing yourself to feel it and being okay with it. That's how we process. So Len, I was in this conversation uh, when you were talking about your grief, I was like, oh my gosh, Len, you've done some art therapy, like, um, you did a certification. Like, did what did they teach you about? Because I'm thinking that we could use when we're feeling disappointment or grief or shame or lust or any of these, any of the emotions that we have in order to, pro- like, could we use art to process through them faster? Like, is that how it influences our art? Oh, definitely. And it's a, it becomes by, by creating creating the art actually becomes therapeutic. You don't have to go off to a, I'm not saying don't go to a therapist. I'm saying the actual process of making art is therapeutic in itself 
and it becomes a self-healing thing. Like art heals. I love that book. It's one of my favourite books. Uh, I have to, can't remember the author's name, but this whole idea that the, the process of making art is actually therapeutic for ourselves and it teaches us who we are and what's going on. And it's a it's a great thing to do when you're actually having these feelings to go and explore them and 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 play with them. Is is that because it's like kind of like a walk? It's more um we use it like meditative practice to do something that we're familiar with to show ourselves maybe what we're thinking or you know, we're we're thinking like really, truly, we're thinking the whole time when we're doing it. And we're using something that feels maybe repetitive or creative, like something that we love to kind of, and I'm, I'm really just trying to explain how this works because I've really not been like taught how this goes, but I'm imagining this for myself too. You know, like why, like when I do this kind of a thing, like when I drew that little heart, I was feeling a lot of love. So it wasn't like a therapy thing that was me like maybe expressing how I was feeling at the moment and processing through some of my thoughts or beliefs about love. My husband was sitting next to me. I loved the place I was in, you know, that kind of thing. So we can have positive emotions and use those to create and have some emotions that we usually deem as negative, you know, like grief or hate. Anger could be a is a really powerful one that we could also use to create. It's it's really complex and it works differently for different people and in different ways. And I think just trying to understand it for yourself and also never reaching a final conclusion mm. <laughs> and ending up with this idea, well, this is exactly how it works. Because uh, like I've been making my art my whole life and I'm still today unpacking and learning from the process and try and uh, understanding myself and it's still teaching me and I'm still growing through it and we it's very possible that we can escape into making art and it can be an escapist thing it could just be a feeling things like I've teaching pottery uh, I've had people get lost just squeezing clay through their fingers for hours in this visceral sensual feeling like and they've like what are you doing it's just like I just love the feeling of it squeezing through your fingers and so that's uh, almost meditative Uh, it can be we could be doodling while our mind's thinking and, and it becomes a way of relaxing or it could be so obsessive that we're we're concentrating so accurately on what we're doing and this happens to me when I'm making art that I have no time for any other thoughts. And then Mm. it becomes an escapism. And, you know, I struggled to describe, to find adequate words to describe my feelings. So art becomes also an incredibly beautiful way to express feelings and have conversations that don't actually have words, that have symbols and images and feelings about them. So there's not one this is a, a lifetime of unpacking and exploring. And uh, when I say therapeutic, I'm saying that it's got a, a health benefit to us. Right. That it helps right. us grow as a person. And uh, I feel like the actual creating art and I'm, t- and you know, you said without words, but I'm also thinking poetry is very 
emotion filled a lot of times, right? You could be a writer, you could be a poet, you could be a musician and play something or write lyrics. You know, there's so many different ways that we can express ourselves through this. And it can be a way of allowing yourself to process through the emotions. So, I mean, it can be, it usually is a way to process through emotions so that we can move on to something else, you know, to really feel, um, be doing something while we feel our, our anger or, and, and allow that to dissipate through the act of creating, you know, or, um, you know, maybe actually we want, maybe we have so much, I'm talking, thinking about my own love in us that, that we just like need, we just feel like a need to create something to express that, you know, as a way of processing that so that, so that we, (laughs) to really feel like, like I want to feel the full effect of that emotion, you know, and sometimes creating something is a way for me to do that. You know, like when you feel like desire, you want to touch the trees and have the connection. And I feel like if you make a photograph of it, you're spending time with it. You're taking that, uh, you're taking that feeling and that connection with you. And I don't know, photography is a, is really interesting and different. Like actually making something physical to have, that's like a a representation of how you're feeling at the moment Mm. is very, it is very interesting. I've been making artists books lately and, uh, you know, three days of making um, these incredibly beautiful books. And I, there was a collaboration with a poet. We put my photographs with her poetry and we I handmade an edition of these books. They're actually being auctioned uh, for suicide prevention over in Canada oh. at a, a fundraiser um, with a musician too, I think, at the, the whole event. But the, the process of making them, it was beautiful. I actually, as a someone that uses a lot of digital imaging, I don't get to use my hands very much when I'm actually making the final artwork. But here is a printing and folding and sewing and cutting and putting it together. I I felt like a real artist again and it was an incredibly beautiful, special thing to be doing, uh, hand making something. And it was very, very meditative and incredibly relaxing to be making something like that. And it's the same when I'm actually out with my camera making photographs at the, you know, pressing the shutter stage, it's incredibly physical and beautiful. And that's my favorite part. Printing and framing is another favorite part. Uh, the bit at the computer I hate, or maybe that's a too strong a word, but I, I dislike and it's something that I don't particularly enjoy. It's, a, it's quite a fascinating thing. I love that. I love that. You like you guys should see Len's face. Maybe I'll do a little video <laughs> where he's like talking about his art, and he's like, you know, you can see his like I dreamy eyes. Bit, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it's like you know, you like you be, you go into this reverie while you're you know talking about it. I I would love to give our listeners like uh, an exercise to do. Like if you want to become more more aware of the emotions that you're experiencing, here's what you can do. You can just write them down. (laughs) That's it. I'll get my pen out. (laughs) Right. And you could even do at the the beginning of a day uh, or like at the end of a day, you can think back to like some, what was I feeling today? And think about what those, what it felt like in your body and then call them names, call it a name, give it a name. Like this way 
when I felt like this in my body, like when I had that sinking feeling, it felt like regret. When I felt light, it was like joy. And you just start to name them and connect them with a sensation you're feeling with that you're feeling in your body. And then you'll start to be able to pinpoint them sooner when they're actually, when it's actually happening to you, because you'll have noticed that. Like, because I so often, when I feel stressed, frustration, you know, that kind of a, that kind of an emotion, I, I feel it in my shoulders. When I, when my shoulders feel tense, I'm like, Oh, what's going on here? Right. So I can pinpoint what I'm feeling and see where it's coming from sooner so that I can decide to make changes if I want to and kind of loop myself out of that a little quicker if I want to, or if it feels more powerful, I might do art. I don't know. I'm, I have my crayons. (laughs) That raises another interesting question, Brie, and that is uh, how do we, we change them and shift them? Like we we could we talked before about switching them off and going doing something else, but we we can shift our state, um, particularly in our, our our brain state, through breathing, through actively relaxing ourselves and and shifting uh, a, a set of emotions. Uh, I know when I'm out, I often go and sit somewhere, and I do meditation, but I just relax and breathe slowly and deeply and just start to feel the place and to instead of allowing all the ones, the thoughts and the emotions that have come with me to rule the rest of the experience, uh, trying to empty them out and to, to listen and tune in to the environment that I'm working in. And I change in that process. And I notice that when I go away for a week at, uh, over a period of time, uh, that continues to improve and I become more and more connected with my art and the place, the sense of place. And then the bottom line in that is the art gets better. Yeah. As Breathing's I'm, huge. As I'm happier and more mm. connected, my art's better. The more I'm able to have that dance between the intellectual and the emotional, the art gets better. The more relaxed I am, uh, the better I am, the more able I'm able to listen to my emotions and respond to them, the better the art gets. And I'm addicted to it. And that's therapeutic in itself, isn't it? Yes. Breathing is huge. And we want our, we always want our art to get better, whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Mm. And it's fascinating how quickly we can make a change. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like we make the decision like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm in, I'm in this state and I actually want to go to a different one. You stop, you know, you close your eyes and you start doing deep, deep circular breathing or something, just, you know, making sure you exhale and that you inhale fully. And Box you, breathing, you, everyone. Go look at yeah, box breathing. You start to change, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it goes quickly too, if you, if you can do that. Yeah. And Mm. I agree the art does get better really because once you, once you, once you breathe and you can release the emotion that has hold on you, then you can start to think more rationally about what comes next, what you want to do next, because then you can make decisions without that emotion ruling you. (laughs) And that's 
so huge. Yeah. That, I think that's what we want. Like we want to be able to do our art how we want to do it. And we can use our emotions to, to make it better and uh, to express ourselves. Art is, art is awesome. It's so, in so, so many ways. And it is so fun to be a human that can experience so many different kinds of emotions. I'm finding it to be a really interesting roller coaster ride. <laughs> so, well, I think we've really gone about this full circle, haven't we? <laughs> I was just, I was just looking up to the. There's a difference between whether you hold your breath in or hold it out, but I can't remember the difference now. <laughs> I was just trying to to find the two. One stimulates, and um. One relaxes and I can't remember out. which one was. Out relaxes. Holding it when it's out helps relax. Is that right? Uh, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, there is a difference. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up now. And, or maybe I'm and wrong. Make- you, you go, yeah, you go look that up. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what a fun episode. Uh, what a fun conversation about emotions. It's one of my favorite things because emotions are really the key to so much of what we do. They're a key to our art. They're a key to doing more art, to making better art and, and just being a really awesome human. So. Mm. And they're tied with our thoughts mm-hmm. and they go hand in hand and it's uh yeah, it is. It's such a beautiful thing. And they're addictive. Good, happy feel, emotions are addictive, aren't they? Yes. Len, Len is addicted <laughs> to his desire for uh, like trees. <laughs> for love. And orchids, small orchids. Uh, <laughs> That's oh my gosh. right. Yeah, it's so Absolutely. fun. It is really so fun to feel so many different emotions. I love it. I love it so much. Mm. It makes life so rich and interesting, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it totally does. Mm, definitely. Well, it's time to say goodbye, folks. Thank you for joining us today at A Creative Affair and we'll see you all next time. So it's a goodbye for me and... Bye, y'all. Bye from me. Me. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing, and leaving us a review. To find out more about Len, including his photography, Len's journal, an inspiring quarterly publication, tours, workshops, and his new art school, The Artist Club, visit lenmetcalf.com. For more about me, Bree Stockwell, visit creativemindscoach.com. There you can subscribe to my Monday Motivation emails, learn more about creative coaching, check out my online portfolio, and access searchable transcripts of these episodes. See you next time.